This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, November 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Allen. Here's today's headlines. The NAFTA Contingency Plan Mystery. Groups ask USTR to penalize Brazil for ethanol tariffs. And Chicago Fed says farm credit conditions take a turn for the worse. On Wednesday last week, USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue told reporters he was working together with the White House and Congress on a contingency plan to help out farmers in the event the president pulls the U.S. out of the North American Free Trade Agreement. If there's one thing that most in the ag sector agree on, whether it's corn refiners, apple farmers, or cattle ranchers, is that farmers would lose billions of dollars in sales if the U.S. pulled out of NAFTA and trade tariffs between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada were put back in place after more than 20 years. But on Thursday, Purdue appeared to walk back his assurances that farmers would get some kind of government help to mitigate the effects of a NAFTA withdrawal. When asked on Thursday about the contingency plan at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City, he said, I probably misspoke a little bit. I was thinking out loud. Kind of a Boy Scout, and I want to be prepared. Obviously, I have told you several times before here today, I think we'll have a successful NAFTA negotiation. I'm the kind of guy who likes Plan B, and that was my consideration. We all know in this room that if NAFTA was not successful, then it's going to be pretty damaging to our commodities, which are already low. I like to be prepared, and that was my thinking out loud. It was probably a little premature to get ahead of you guys with microphones, but I'm just trying to think ahead and prepare. Now, just a day earlier, he told reporters at USDA headquarters in Washington what an emergency post-NAFTA contingency plan might entail. The discussions, he said, were aimed at dealing with how we would protect our producers with a safety net based on prices that may respond negatively to any kind of NAFTA withdrawal. Now the mystery deepens. Back in Kansas City, AgriPulse Sarah Wyatt spoke to Jason Hoffemeister, an associate administrator for USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service, on the need for such a contingency plan. Hoffmeister said, we need to be prepared. Of course, NAFTA has been a great success for U.S. agriculture. Mexico and Canada are our number two and number three foreign markets, and we want to keep those open and make them even better. But as you can tell from just reading the papers, it's a tough slog to get Mexico and Canada to agree to some of the proposals we have, and we need to be prepared for any contingency. We need to continue to sell to Mexico and Canada. But if we lose those markets, we need to be prepared. Meanwhile, about a thousand miles away in the halls of Capitol Hill, if there were any discussions about insulating farmers from the impacts of a NAFTA withdrawal, top farm state lawmakers said they didn't know about it. Representative Mike Conaway and Colin Peterson, the chairman and ranking Democrat of the House Agriculture Committee, they told AgriPulse they hadn't heard anything about a contingency plan. Likewise, Senators Debbie Stabenow, and the ranking Democrat on the Senate Ag Committee, and Chuck Grassley, a senior Republican on the panel, said they were unaware. USTR asked to penalize Brazil ethanol tariffs. The Renewable Fuels Association, Growth Energy, and the U.S. Grains Council are asking the U.S. Trade Representative to hit back in response to Brazil's new restrictions on U.S. ethanol exports. 
the group's leaders in a letter on November 9th to USTR Robert Lighthizer said, This action occurred even though Brazil and the U.S. agreed to zero-duty tariffs for ethanol beginning in 2010. Since the liberalization of the ethanol trade between the two countries, the United States and Brazil generally serve as top customers for each other's ethanol exports. Our industry has been unfairly targeted as a result, placed at a position of competitive disadvantage. Brazil slapped a 20% tariff on U.S. shipments larger than 159 million gallons. In response, U.S. grain and fuel groups want USTR to suspend the status Brazil enjoys under the generalized system of preferences, or GSP. Smithfield spotlighted in U.S. CEO delegation to China. Smithfield Foods may be owned by the Chinese Shanghai Group, but it's still headquartered in Virginia, and the pork giant helped U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross showcase efforts to increase trade with Chinese companies in China. Ross led a trade delegation that culminated in Beijing, where he announced the completion of $250 million in business deals between the U.S. and Chinese businesses. The signing of some of the deals were witnessed by U.S. President Donald Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping. The Smithfield sale of a billion dollars worth of pork to Jingdong Century Trade Company was included in the Ross announcement, even though it wasn't technically signed during the trade mission. It's unclear exactly what kind of example the Smithfield sale sets, though especially to critics of the deal that allowed Shangwei to buy Smithfield. Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah complained at a recent Senate Judiciary Committee hearing that Smithfield has cornered the Chinese pork market since its takeover. Jingdong Century Trade Company also announced it will invest $100 million in a Montana beef packing plant. American businesses are the most innovative in the world, and when given access, we can compete with anyone, said Secretary Ross. I believe these deals can provide a solid foundation for a stronger relationship that is more free, fair, and reciprocal between the U.S. and China. Chicago Fed says farm credit conditions take a turn for the worse. Demand for farm operating loans is increasing while the availability of credit is decreasing. That according to a new analysis by the Chicago Fed Reserve, with jurisdiction over Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, and most of Illinois. Looking at data for the third quarter, the report said that agriculture lenders had less money to loan out than they did a year ago. That's the first time that's happened in 11 years. As if that wasn't enough bad news, the Chicago Fed also reported that farmers were having a tougher time making payments on existing loans and banks were demanding more collateral for new loans. And the fourth quarter looks even bleaker. With the liquidity of lenders ebbing as seen in rising loan-to-deposit ratios, banks may be increasingly need to use FSA guarantees or turn away troubled borrowers, the report said, based on a survey of bankers. There was concern not only for the health of agriculture, but also for the vitality of rural economies. Union says USDA's lawyers are not pleased with Vaden either. Democrats on the Senate Agriculture Committee made it clear to Stephen Vader last week they're dubious about his qualifications to be USDA's top lawyer. Now, USDA's team of more than 200 staff attorneys through their union are asserting their opposition to President Trump's nominee to be the department's general counsel. 
Stephen Baden has been the de facto head of the Office of General Counsel since January when he arrived as a beachhead official. That the word of the American Federation of Government Employees, Local 1106, in a statement. One of his first official acts was to terminate the labor contract between the office and its staff of 250 lawyers and legal professionals nationwide. If Mr. Vaden is confirmed to be USDA's chief legal officer, he will have authority to continue creating an agency culture that results in even more unprecedented levels of poor worker morale with the potential to negatively impact the quality of services provided to virtually all Americans. Here's today's He Said It. They just need to not screw things up. That's Representative Colin Peterson commenting to AgriPulse on his preference that the U.S. successfully renegotiate NAFTA instead of preparing for dissolution of the trade pact. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, November 13th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.